Okay, welcome everybody back to Grief and Guts. I am your host, Melissa Duglucky, and I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest. Not only is he an unbelievable coach who has worked with hundreds and hundreds of people, he has helped transform their lives. He has reinvented himself to continually grow and elevate in his own life time and time again. And he was a major factor and piece of the puzzle for me reinventing myself and really getting clear in my vision, what I want to create and not just having the clarity, but taking action on it. So easy enough to say, this man has changed my life. He will absolutely change yours. And I am so excited to introduce you to Brad Barnes. Wow. How am I going to live up to that introduction? I'll take it. Hi, I'm so happy to be here on the Revival Back in Action episode of Grief and Guts. Like, we are back. I love it. Well, I mean, in truth, Brad, I mean, not everyone knows the story yet, and we're going to tell them, but you were a big part of the show coming back because the show had, I had stopped, I had let that part of me get lost. Mm. And you really, wow, I'm getting emotional. You really, like, brought that part of me, you brought it back alive right? Brought it back to life. And I remember you said to me, well, when, by when are you going to do this? And I was like, hmm. um, by November. And you're like, eh, sooner. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Just two days before November. Yes. <laughs> Just in time. Um, yeah, it's so interesting, the journey that grief takes in our life. And I think the most beautiful stage of grief is when we smile, when we think about that moment, that journey, you know, and there's a lot of tears and a lot of not smiling on the road to get there. But like when you can really just find just the pure love in your heart from all of it, it's really beautiful. And I, I, I see you harnessing Layden into giving it away and inspiring through your pain and journey and who you got to be and what you've gotten to create. And, you know, I'm so excited for what's next. I don't know. Have you announced what's next? Is that is that on the table? Mm, it's on the table. We can announce it this episode. Stay okay. tuned. Well, what's for what's next? And I'm like so honored to have been able to push you so hard into making this happen because it's just the next chapter. It's just, it's beautiful to be able to see you owning your story and owning it and being empowered through it. So I'm so excited to be here. And I'm so excited that you've chosen to come back and bring all your learning in your grief journey since the last time you were running Grief and Guts and to give that away. Yeah. Now, one thing I didn't mention, Brad, in your introduction, two really important parts of who you be, right? Mm -hmm. In relation to this show, particularly. One, we're business partners. Right. <laughs> so uh, this is my business partner that you are all having the opportunity to meet and hear from. And you will quickly understand why it was just an unplanned and also no brainer mm. that like, yeah, we get to co-create together based on, you know, our visions and how we see the world and and how we strive to support people. Mm. With you on a deeper level, something we really connected on is our grief journeys. Mm -hmm. uh, and both of us as bereaved parents. And that was something that I definitely didn't know. I, I mean, I didn't know about you and your journey. And it was a reminder of my own lesson for me 
to assume that you never know what someone is carrying, right? You know, I'd love for you to be able to share about, you know, a little bit for anyone listening, like what your journey with grief has been. Yeah, it's so interesting because, well, I think like a lot of people, it was what brought me to the work. It's what brought me to even understanding grief or even uh, to be super honest with you, I didn't even know I had anything to grieve. I was so disconnected during this this journey because honestly, it wasn't the most painful part of my life in this mm-hmm. moment. And it, it it's a really it's really interesting but of course the biggest blessing and you and I talk all about how Olivia and Layden gave us the opportunity to find our passion our purpose our our vision and and have a fuel that will never burn out on making it happen right and and so when i look at my journey in grief i'm like it's the launching point of the beginning of my life and mm-hmm how I never, ever, ever would have thought that, (laughs) especially in those moments, right in the hospital, those long days, not mine were nowhere near as long as yours were. But um, there's those days that felt like they'll never end those minutes felt like hours, right? Oh, man, why are we having such an emotional podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it, uh, yeah, I just never would have thought that the greatest blessings, right? The greatest blessings of my life would have come from from those those hours those those moments and yeah i never you know i didn't have the opportunity to ever meet olivia she had something called triple x syndrome which is a chromosomal genetic disorder and wouldn't have made it um wouldn't have made it for more than a couple of days um but it it it's it, it's interesting right it can still it can still be the the moment that changes everything and yeah, brought me here. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much we want to talk into it. I'm happy to be in, in any conversation or question. You're you're the grief master, right? I'm like, I you truly like were one of the people that even told me that there was an opportunity in grieving through my experience. I, I think the most interesting part I came up against, and this was before I knew that I got to have my own experience because through all of this as the one who didn't have my body change, wasn't dealing with hormones, wasn't the one who actually was connected, growing and living this human being, I felt like everything I experienced just didn't matter. That I didn't get to experience or grieve or be in real time mourning because there was someone hurting more than me. And, you know, as the dad, that's, it has to be a common conversation, though I don't know, right? Um, My guess would be it's a really common conversation that made it a lot harder for me to know what was coming up for me in the later years, because it was so numbed out and disconnected and stuffed down. Because that, you know, everything society will tell me is, you have to be whatever she needs. And that's the end of that conversation, right? And I remember just one or two people throughout the coming months asking how I was doing. And every time were the only moments that I cried through the entire journey. And how beautiful and serendipitous I think that is to where I am now. Because I get to be that for people. And knowing what that, what a simple question, right? We hear all the time, check in on your strong friends, check in on the strong people in your life. And 
I think it's that same limiting belief that creates that is that someone else's pain is bigger than mine. So I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll do it later. Mm -hmm. I'll deal with it later. And how now, right. The gift I was given is like, there's nothing that I need to put before me and how beautiful my life gets to look now. It does look now because I stand in that, that there's a possibility that I can get help and someone else can get help at the same time and that that's okay. Thank you for sharing that. And I think, you know, one of the things that you bring up that is really important. One is, unfortunately, I think in my experience, you know, men or masculine energy, you know, wherever we want to be in that they are under a pressure from society to carry and hold Mm -hmm. for the feminine. And while there are so many beautiful ways in which the duality dances together in a grief journey, both humans, both humans, you know, the mother and the father in our cases, right. Of bereaved parents, but this could be, you know, a couple, someone loses their parent or whatever it may be, right. Or uh, two siblings of different genders who both lose their parent, like whatever it may be, both humans are an equal amount of pain and have like an equal responsibility and right to themselves to be able to grieve. And it was interesting because I was on the flip side, whereas in my grief journey, everyone in my life was like, well, where's like, they just wanted Layden's father to take care of me. Mm. And luckily I had a grief coach, grief counselor, grief support that was able to that was probably more forward thinking than most of our society that was able to say like, actually, that's not his job. This is his grief too. And holy cow, did that change my whole life, right? But so for you to be here and be a voice for, you know, anyone who feels as though they have to minimize their grief or their pain because somebody else has it quote unquote worse, Mm. I think is really important. And it's it's actually a big mission of what I want to speak about here and all the work that I'm doing and this podcast and outside of it, like somebody's pain isn't any more or less because of someone else's, just like someone's joy isn't any more or less because of someone else's. It brings us back to we're on our own paths. This is our own race. It's us versus us. It's not a competition. Yeah, it's so funny. It it reminds me of this analogy that I think a lot of people can relate to. You know, I grew up in Southern California where the weather was dreamy and perfect all all the time. And my brother went to Washington, D.C., where the weather was a little different (laughs) for college. Right. And I remember like waking up and being like, wow, it's really cold this morning. It's like 60 degrees. He would be like, what are you talking about? It's negative four degrees. You don't know cold. And I was like, wow, that doesn't make me any warmer. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It doesn't make me any warmer. I'm still cold. Like you might be colder, but I'm still cold. Mm-hmm. And how like, wow, that is the exact same process is like, okay, you may be like society may say your grief is more painful, but that doesn't make me hurt less. Yeah. And I think it's really powerful just for us to be in that conversation. And, you know, gosh, my ego's like, man, no one wants to hear the bullshit that men don't get to cry anymore. And men don't have, they never get permission. And I'm like, yeah, I wish that were true. I wish the society we lived in was like, there's no difference between what men get to experience and what women get to experience. And 
And I, I just want everyone listening to know that like my mission, my vision is that that conversation no longer lives. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I speak into it is because there are so many people still that don't have that permission. Yeah. They don't feel that permission to be emotional and that vulnerability is power and all of these conversations that we have gotten to experience because of this journey and gotten to know to be true because of this journey. A lot of people don't know that permission. And so I feel it valid to speak into that because it can easily become a rhetoric of, you know, opposition of discrimination against men and their emotions. And it's never, it's not the end point. I think is is what I'm trying to speak into is like, it's not the end point that men just get given the permission to be vulnerable. It's that men and women are actually just given the permission to be human beings equally yeah. across the board. And I, I know, you know, that that's just a conversation that I'll, I'll fight for every minute of the day is that the second we put limitations on anybody for their skin color, their sexual orientation, their gender, the minute we allow those limitations to be is, is the minute that we diminish what's possible through the human experience yeah oh it's so good and i you know it's interesting we we've, we've been seeing that in elevate and for those of you listening who aren't familiar brad and i um co-founded our community it's an unbelievable community and it's um we it's called elevate and we support individuals there to really break through whatever's blocking them in their life and for many this could be in their career um, and for many, it's in their personal vision or relationships or, or health or fitness or finances. And really what's available to everyone there is it gets to be all of it because <laughs> yeah. it's all the same. But something that just one one other little thing, you know, as a bereaved mom, I really feel as though I can be that permission slip for everybody to say, this is I'm experiencing grief because if she says this is grief as a bereaved mom, then I'm going to give myself that permission and I want to serve as that permission slip until people realize it's not even needed. Right. Right. Like I'm that voice for it for people right now is my mission. Right. But and grief to me is so many things other than loss of life. But I'll never forget one, which I know we're going to talk about shortly, Brad, some other grief kind of synchronicities and overlaps we have. But I'll never forget when one of my best friends after Layden passed. Um, her daughter was about three weeks or is about three weeks older than Layden would be. And she was having a really hard time. She wasn't sleeping at night. She was exhausted. She was, you know, it was a lot of the postpartum and all of those things. And she said, I feel like I can't say anything. Like I can't complain. Like I can't be upset. Like she felt like she had to stuff down her experience because mine was quote unquote worse. And like, sure, maybe I couldn't be the person to totally hold 100%. But a hundred percent giving permission for everyone to access what they need because we're all so worthy. We don't have to earn or prove or suffer to be worthy of meeting our needs. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the other side of it too, because it also gives us a, a little bit of a mirror to hold up to as human beings. I experienced so much dramatization of our experience. And I think the blessing in that is right. Like, wow, okay, can I pull back the drama and actually just get to the root of my experience because yeah. I don't have the hardest. And and right, and it's it's beautiful because it if we allow it to be, right? I have coached this gentleman, his name is John Morrow. He um, is quadriplegic and he is the only self-sustained human being with his disorder on the planet. And he is someone I constantly hold myself up to and go, Okay, I can pull some of this drama away because I 
haven't come up against what he's come up against, right? And it's an empowering interpretation. It's a beautiful, it's beautiful conversation. I can deal with the root of my pain because that is the, that is what is actually here. But there are always, there's always going to be someone who's in more pain. So can I let go of what isn't and just focus on what is? Mm. Beautiful. This is what I love when we just jam. I love it. But, and yes, there is something really beautiful to having that perspective and that groundedness when we see what's being navigated out there. And I think what you brought up, which is really important, is it's really the come from. Like, can we not shame ourselves because that person is going through something and be like, well, I can't feel this way, but can we rather be inspired by possibility, right? It's a difference between shaming and shrinking and stuffing down and rather releasing something and being inspired by choosing a more supportive and like elevated story, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say, we see this a lot in Elevate um, where our community will think, you know, when people are debating to join, well, is this for me? Like, I'm not like that person or I'm not like that person or that person's further ahead or that person's further behind. And we create these timelines and ladders and you and I have been voices over and over and over. Like it's you versus you. Man, I feel like this week, especially just the beautiful synchronicities of having a community is that you see this, this woven conversation through everybody and it moves with the week it moves with the time of year and it's so beautiful and and this week what i what i really felt in our community was this conversation around can i only compare myself to who i was yesterday not to who anyone else is today and so that good. was like so needed through these powerful powerful humans that that we have the pleasure of getting to work with and elevate is that you know, you'll always lose comparing yourself to somebody else. It's yes. it's not possible. It's a fool's game. But yeah. can you compare yourself simply to who you were yesterday as that fuel to continue to be the best version of you, to live the best version of you? And then I'm, we really got to pair it this week with, can your level 10 today look different than yesterday's or tomorrow's? And can you just constantly strive to give today's level 10 not what you were able to give yesterday, right? And mm-hmm. being able to move what is your full capacity through each day and simply strive to give that. And I think in those in those real first couple months in a grief journey, how drastic those level 10s looked, right? And how some days I could go to work. Some days I could go to work and be great and feel great. And I've, like the only because I was able to give myself the permission that it's okay to feel great three days after, five days after, 10 days after, it's okay to have a day where I actually feel okay. Was I able to ride the waves and find find the waves in the current of that grief journey? And I'm sure you've spoken so much about this, but the most life-changing gift for me through that was that eliminating resistance to what's coming alive in those first couple months and just letting the tears be the tears, the hurt, the anger, the sadness, the joy, the happiness, let them all be so that we can be in our human experience mm-hmm. was, you know, for me, I was working for a doctor at the time and he was, he was the saving grace for me through, through that because 
he he's the one who told me that and and gave me that gift and he sent a book to my house that supported on the grief journey i wish i remembered it in this moment um a tiny tiny little book but it's people like that that and those moments right just allow yourself to feel the feels allow yourself to be in the human experience if you're resisting it now you're dealing with your resistance and what's coming up for you and if you can remove the resistance then you can just be with mm-hmm. what's coming alive so beautiful so potent thank you and you know as we're looking at this is a lot of the things that you know you coach on particularly within our community and that we both speak about and and believe in so strongly but I just had this moment of you know when we talk about grief there's a lot of different uh, manifestations of grief right so death is one manifestation of grief but Moving can be another manifestation. Empty nests can be another manifestation. Aging parents, right? Even just health can be another manifestation, like grieving the healthy version of yourself or somebody. Mm. Relationship ending could be grief and that could be friendship. It could be romantic, right? I mean, relationships, friendships, all of that, they're constantly changing, right? And there's grief that comes with that. And I know both of us really grieved the loss of our previous careers mm-hmm. and the identities of how we saw that. And I'd love to just, just speak into that for a moment, but on the other side of that is the like, wow, did you ever think we'd be here? And like, I'd love to get into kind of like that story. So go with that where you may. Yeah. You know, I spoke into how in that moment, Olivia wasn't actually the most painful thing I was experiencing Yeah, because I had only had the opportunity to love her for around four or five months, right? But at the exact same moment, I was grieving a decade-long career. At the same moment, I was grieving the end of a relationship with Olivia's mom, who sadly struggled to come out the other side of what came alive for her through um, this journey. And so I had a trifecta of grief hit at the same time. and. The career was actually the most painful part for me. I think I had, there's no deeper love than the love I experienced with my daughter. Like never ever will be deeper than, than that. But my career, I, I remember, um, so my career was in the music industry and I'd been performing since I was about seven years old was the first time I touched the stage in front of hundreds of people and truly was like, whoa, this is different, right? And and so it began this tunnel vision towards the biggest possible, because that's, that's how I live. I live going, okay, if this is what I'm committed to, what's the biggest possible way, right? It's it's the outlook on life that I created here in this moment when I, when I touched the stage for the first time. And I was the 10-year-old knowing the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And so where I was... Um, just after Olivia had passed away was at the album release party for my most proud album. I got to I got to be in the studio where Sinatra recorded his final album, standing at the podium where he conducted his orchestra, conducting my orchestra, finishing like it was just so, so beautiful. And we were at the album release party with my whole band and my producers, my manager, um, my agent and in and, and a full room. And there was nothing in the world that would make me smile. I was so miserable. 
it was so miserable. I was so hurt from so many things and everyone was celebrating the end of a chapter, but I was grieving a life that I had built, you know? And all at the same time, pretending that I was okay with, you know, Olivia having passed and not knowing where I was going and my relationship, just the most performative, putting on a front at this point, being in public, like all the things, right? But that for me was the apex of what created the opening for the life I now live. Like if I if I pinpoint it to a moment, it was that I can picture it. I can feel it in my body, what it felt like to be in that room with the album playing over this loudspeakers in this in this venue for the entire night. Like I can feel it. And that was it for me. Like that was the moment that it all came together. But what came after that was months of grief, not knowing what it was and feeling lost and not knowing where to point this massive vision that I create. It's, it's who I am. It's how I live my life is whatever I'm committed to. I want to do it in the biggest way possible and impact the most amount of people possible. And so I had nowhere to point that. And that, you know, when we talk about grieving career, that was, that's what is that moment for me. Luckily, someone stood for me to try something different. And that was stepping into personal development and transformation, which is the trainings that I now I now facilitate, because it changed my life in, in that big of a way. But it was only right, we talk about this all the time. And if you want something new to happen, you have to step into something you haven't been willing to do before. And though I can look at my life and see all the moments when I was in that form of desperation for something new, that I actually embraced an entire new piece of me that was the most authentic, that created the most possibility, the most growth, the most power um, were in those moments. Mm. And this was for sure the biggest, but, you know, the lowest low creates the possibility. And I think that's the most important part, the possibility for the highest high, if you're willing to look. Mm, it means the duality of the dark and the light. Yeah. Right. And so how did you, you know, we might get to do a whole nother episode on, because I'm thinking how, well, then you stepped into transformation and then eventually that's where you and I met. And then look where we are. That might get to be a whole other episode. I'm not sure. But how did you, like, what would you say to the person who is listening, who is feeling, you know, that depth, that low that you felt in that room at that time, like major grief and maybe not even able to identify it as grief, right? So that time, I don't know that you were like, oh, I'm grieving, right? But just like pain, loneliness, whatever was coming up for you. What would you say to that person in terms of like how to move forward to then create that light or how to create Mm -hmm. that, that growth through it? There'll be little, little moments where you feel okay little moments where for me, it was, it was depression. I mean, I got knocked out and there'll be just little moments where you have a thought of hope come through. You have a thought of possibility navigate through all that pain at the beginning. They're really small. And I don't know if this rings true for you, Melissa, but like there are moments when the pain or the grief, like let's go for a second. And It was in those moments that I was able to dream of something different and 
I think if I if if I were to go back to those moments and talk to me, I would say in the hard moments, let them be. And in the moments of light, try to run as fast as you can towards it. You know, you and I, we we practice collapsing timelines for people. I think it's the greatest gift I've been able to give human beings is to get them what they want as fast as possible, right? And so in that conversation of how can you collapse the timeline of getting onto your new path, I, I think it's if you can let if you can feel the pain to the most extent when it's alive. The other side of that coin is, can you feel the possibility in the dreams when those are alive as to the biggest power? And that's where that's that's where I would go because it's where I did go. And I acknowledge I'm, I'm I think I'm a different cut. I'm a different breed of human being as far as like I, I like I want the biggest, baddest all the time. Like <laughs> you can't keep me down. But this tested that, you know, it was the moment in my life when for the first time I didn't believe in myself. Mm. The only time actually, from that moment of hitting that stage at seven years old, I was the worst on that stage at seven. <laughs> I had the worst voice. I was chunky. I was shorter than everyone else. I was at a really elite private school and we were not elite or <laughs> it should have been there. Like I was that kid, but man, I knew I could be at the front. And, you know, I know that's a superpower. I know that's a gift that not everyone has. And I think that I'm fortunate from my family either creating the formula that fueled that or my environment or, you know, something about being the underdog with no resources that really kicks you in the ass. But those were the moments when I felt the most human were in those moments of the pain. If I could just dream when the dreams came through, even if it was just when I was asleep, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget. Like the first time I like laughed after Layden died, like, and I actually had this feeling of guilt. Like, can I be that happy? Right. And mm. so to your point, it's like, let those moments expand a little bit at a time. Right. Yeah. You can create in them. And I mean, gosh, we say this all the time, Brad, but it's so possible. Right. I mean, yeah. listeners right now, you're listening to a woman who was six figures in debt, right. Who didn't know anything about business who didn't ever want to be happy again you're listening to someone who in his words not mine was the worst one on the stage right and you know underqualified both of us in grief journeys and have created really massive results and show other people how to do that and i think it really starts with committing to the idea that it's possible yeah, it's 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 funny because people always they always push on that one is like, there's no way that you were the worst, right? Like, everyone pushes back on it. But what I love is that it actually shows the power of your thoughts and your beliefs. Because uh, God, someone told me this because it's so served my mindset in this moment. And I think I think it's a common thing people say. But when I was in that, and and I think I've talked about this before, you know, I was in music and I mean, the the this just give you an example here. The music teacher at this school was in Earth, Wind and Fire. OK, like that's Stop how it. ridiculous of an environment I was in. If I could grab it, if I could create the mindset that actually found the gratitude in that. Right. Or mm -hmm. else he was just, you know, the asshole, Mr. Rabone, who, you know, didn't give me first chair in the band. But the point is that, like. 
I was told in those moments that the person who is the most consistent and works the hardest will outbeat the person with the natural talent who doesn't have to. And man, it took a long time for that to be true. (laughs) Because for so long, it wasn't, right? And then all of a sudden, there's something that flips. And that's why I know that your mindset is the most powerful thing you can put your energy into. Yeah. And then, and you, we spoke into it as those beliefs, those mm-hmm. beliefs that I can, those beliefs that it's possible because you will only achieve what you're willing to believe. Mm-hmm. And if you can believe that you can be, I don't want to say the best because I think that feels ego, but you can be whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. If you can believe that and hold it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it, eventually there's no other option but for that to be true. And so I love my story about having been the worst. And I, I stand by it truly. I'll show you some, I'll show you some VHS tapes. That's how old this was. Oh man, that made me sound old. Oh God, I swear I'm in my 20s still. Um I, I have some DVDs that um I can show you that will prove it. And I think it's beautiful that I was like so uncapable, but you couldn't beat my mindset and you couldn't beat how long I would show up. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would take the early classes before everyone else got to school and I would be home by midnight taking all the late classes Jeez. because there was nothing that was going to get in my way. And mm-hmm. that is what any human being has access to. So good. And I mean, this is something that we really connected on as we begin like learning more about each other outside of, you know, the container in which we first met. And that's a, that's a whole other story. So, I mean, Brad, I got to ask, are you, are you going to be up for a part two? Let's do a part two. Okay. Yeah. Cause that gets to have a lot of its own space, I think. And I think we gave enough to just kind of let, you know, marinate, let everyone marinate in. But one of the things that you and I both really, really uh, connected to was these things that we both experienced in our lives where we were like, that's not normal. Wait, you did that from that? Like, that's not normal. Yeah. Right. And mine is a little bit more in like athletics. I'm not quite so musically gifted, but, um, <laughs> but I think really us talking about that and the power of mindset, as well as our story, because, um, you know, when Brad and I met just to give you all a little teaser, okay. Leave you with like a little teaser. When Brad and I met, it wasn't like, we recognize we had all these commonalities. In fact, there was a little bit of, uh, I don't know, Brad, what word would you use? I think the most relatable way to speak into it is that like our egos saw so much similarity that like our walls, like our flags started waving. Like, okay, hold on here. This person's like waving flags because like they're such a powerful mirror. If I were to really like authentically ground into what we were experiencing, um, subconsciously, but consciously, I think we just, you know, we pushed each other's buttons a little bit. Um, because I think we both were like, you're going to be, you can't be more powerful than me. You can't be more committed than me. That's not going to (laughs) happen. And, and through that, we realized obviously like what that together could create, what that fuel could really build. Um, yeah. So stay tuned, y'all. We're going to have a part two. And we will talk more about that because there's actually a lot of lessons learning and growth in that. A lot. 
yeah. right? For some people that might lean away from that right away. And I think why we could even get into like what you feel in your body type of thing that people say, because what I was feeling in my body wasn't like, oh, there's a connection here, right? <laughs> I was feeling my body was like, get away, <laughs> right? Um, and what we've been able to create, I mean, the results that you supported me in creating are absurd, right? And that we are now creating together. Um, and that we are creating for everyone in our community. So, Brett, I want to let everyone know where they can find you and learn more. And just last thing, y'all, if you guys want a little bit more support on the way you can declare your mindset, mm. um, how you can use the tools that Brad and I teach, we have a free download that you can use. Just send either of us a message yeah. um, and we will get that to you. It's um, all about manifestation. So... Um, yeah. It fits into our dream and declare. Yeah. The truth is, is it's a practice. And this is something that we use not only in Elevate, but in our lives. I can look at my desk right now, which I'm sitting at, and I see this document like in seven different places on my desk because I want it everywhere because it's yeah. that powerful. And so just you can DM Melissa or me at Brad J. Barnes, or you can DM Elevate, which is at Prepare to Elevate and just DMS manifestation, and we will shoot you that download. And it'll be at the link in our bio too. So plenty of places to grab it. But most importantly, if anything that we said fell out of reach, like I can't have that, I can't have that mindset, I can't be that I can't pull myself out. This is how you do. We're no different. We're no it's it's nothing but practice and repetition. And so allow this to be you choosing you by grabbing this manifestation um, mm. document. Brad, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being like an absolute anchor and mirror and propeller of all the things in my life and co-creating the space for so many others to see what's possible. It is a pleasure. And um, I just am so excited for what we're creating, what you're creating. The world is so blessed to have what's next in your grief journey. So until part two. All right, y'all, we'll see you soon.